You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. All episodes of the Garage Build Podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Hey, welcome back to the Garage Built Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Jason Holman. We've got a fantastic episode for you today. Uh, Bruce and Kyle from Strike Force Energy. They've got a fantastic product that I've been using for about a year and uh, I invited him down. And I had had Kyle back on the podcast some time ago, but uh, Bruce is the creator of Strike Force Energy. And uh, he and I sat down and talked to motorcycles and talked events and, and talked about his product. It's a pretty interesting product. I'm going to be in Tennessee here in May for a couple weeks. And the first event I'm hitting is the Tennessee Motorcycle and Music Revival. It is back at Loretta Lynn's Ranch this May 18th through the 21st in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Events include a coal miners hill climb, flat track races, and music from artists such as Nikki Lane, Wade Jennings, and more. Tickets are available at motorcyclesandmusic.com that's motorcyclesandmusicspelledout.com Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee is located only minutes from the tail of the dragon and they specialize in performance engine upgrades used bike sales, service, maintenance and repair. Visit my friend John Jessup and his team over at Team Dream Rides Check them out online at teamdreamrides.com and follow at Dream Rides Tennessee on Instagram to keep up with them and all the latest news I'm also going to be attending Billy Lane's Sons of Speed Vintage Motorcycle Racing. It's coming back to the Tennessee National Raceway for Memorial Day weekend. Go to BillyLane.net and ch- click on the Eventbrite link to purchase your pre-sale tickets. You're going to find tons of officially licensed Choppers, Inc. and Sons of Speed merchandise. Join me, Billy, and the Sons of Speed family this Memorial Day weekend for Vintage Motorcycle Racing in the Dirt. As always, I am brought to you by 1620 Workwear. There's premium made in the USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com and use the discount code SPEED2022. We're still using the SPEED2022, and you're going to save a ton at checkout. Also, make sure you're following 1620USA on social media. Now we can hear each other. There we go. Off and running. Before I start, I gotta get. I'm, this is not, and I'm not doing this because I'm <coughs> patronizing you because you're here. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a one a dayer now. <laughs> and the strike force. Yeah, so Buck said that he ran over to, over by Jeff or whatever, and was like, "Hey man, you gotta try this." And Jeff's like, "I got some right here. We've been drinking it for the last two nights." It's. I, I like it because it's. Um, you don't have to have. Uh, I mean, you can. You don't have to put it in water. You can just put it in. in I put it. I tried it in everything. I've tried it in like soda. I like uh, my wife. My wife doesn't generally have like sugary soda pop in the house. She'll have uh, those. Um, have you ever heard of that Bobby approved thing? Mm-hmm. So it's no. like an, it's like an app, right? And then so all your food products uh, in the store will have like a skew a skew on it. And so what she does is she. She has her phone and she scans it with the app and it goes through and it tells her if this guy named Bobby 
that's like a nutritionist if it, if he approves it or not. And so if it's not Bobby approved, then she's like, ah, you know, we'll try to find an alternative until she finds something that isn't. It's just to try to be a little more healthy than than not. You know what I mean? Who is this Bobby? Yeah, guy? I was gonna say we're gonna and have to find this, find Bobby, this guy. Bobby guy. Yeah. Well, so he's um, he does it right in grocery stores. He he's got like, I don't know. I'm gonna say a million, like a million or so followers. And this app is it's actually pretty cool. You know, I have grandkids now, so I'm starting to think a little bit more about like wanting to be here for a longer period of time. And to be honest with you, I feel like shit when I eat a shitty meal. I don't know if you guys do or not, yeah. but the older yeah. you get, you look like you're about my age. We're we're about fifty, right? Yeah. And he's much younger than us. This spry young man here, Kyle. So why don't you tell us, Kyle? Start with you. Tell me who you are and who you're with. And uh, Kyle Krim, work for Strike Force Energy. This is the uh, second time on the podcast. Yeah, and you also you're also a veteran, and you're also still enlisted, are you not? Yep, I'm still enlisted. Actually, I'll uh, gotta take off here for a little bit this weekend. So I know the last time we were here, Kyle was like, "I don't want to say what branch and what this and what that." And I'm, I totally get that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you for your service anyway. And Bruce, so yeah, my name is Bruce Schley. I'm the CEO and founder of Strikeforce Energy, um, and over here because Kyle came over to buy. I think some some bike parts of some sort and you guys hooked up and i was trying to think of what you i was thinking that i'm like okay i always try to like recall like we're in this like we're in this what i consider to be the smallest billion dollar industry right we're in the motorcycle industry in one way shape or form either through a hobby or because we find a way to to make it make our job be motorcycles and it was you bought some used parts of used fairing parts or yeah it was something a off of sport fairing yeah t-sport fairing from one of your guys it was just like one of the I was just trying it out to see height wise. Yeah, it was Adam that used to work here. Yep. Yeah. And then we started talking, and I'm like, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, I didn't know you this place was here. And so we started talking. You ended up spending quite a bit of time that day. And then we hooked up. Um, I don't remember if it was that day or we hooked up kind of real shortly there afterwards. Yeah, I think, uh, what is it? I came over, grabbed the fairing, and then probably like the following week, grabbed some stuff from the shop and ran it over here. Yeah. So, and then we've met up at daytona briefly off both of us bouncing around and yeah that's hard to do that's something that i always try to like you know when you go to bike week or sturgis or <clears throat> something like that you're like hey yeah we'll see each other there right and literally it's like two ships passing in the night right or, or two bikes just like hey there there he is i saw you i didn't get to do anything with you yeah running to trade shows is always tough like that especially when they're huge like bike week or sturgis or if you're out at sema right you know it, it sounds great right before you go you make all the phone calls you set all the meetings you get there everything goes to hell in a handbasket and sure you know you end up you know 20 hours a day staying up just so you can meet somebody for 15 minutes when they live 30 minutes down the road but don't you find though when you go when you go to those kind of trade shows though there's like uh you have all these intentions and i think it's it's good to go into those things with a plan right it's good to go like with some meetings you're gonna take some meetings you're gonna yeah. take some meetings or do some tech stuff or you know, obviously, if you're going to SEMA, I've never been to SEMA. Uh, I used to go to the motorcycle equivalent of that. Like, we used to have this V-Twin Expo that was in Cincinnati. And you'd go to that, and it was like, all the new product is the reason why you told everybody you were going. But really, it was to network, right? And so you have all these good intentions. But I feel like some of the best meetings that I've ever taken or taken rather in in the uh in the motorcycle industry and some of the best relationships that i have are all based off of meeting somebody serendipitously like i met kyle yeah 
you know, you, you go to the trade show, like you said, to, oh, I want to see everything. What, you know, what are the industry, industry trends? But the other half of it is everybody that you work with and most of the people that you want to work with are all in one place at one time. Right. You know, so you can fly over, you know, fly around the world over the course of a year and not catch up with as many people as you might see in three days at bike week. Right. right? Everybody's there. The challenge is that everybody's there. So, you know, instead of spending two hours with somebody, you might get 15 minutes, but then you meet five other people and, you know, on goes the network. Yeah. And so you're, so it seems like, um, so strike force energy, let's, let's just kind of start there. Cause I, I don't want, I certainly didn't ask you to come over to do this for a, a commercial, but I do find that you have probably the most unique approach to doing the business that you do, um, in a, in a very, not passive way, but a, a very comfortable way that kind of transcends, um, lots of different, I mean, power sports makes sense. Military makes sense. Camping makes sense outdoors in general, right? Like lots of activities, your product travels well, your product traveled light. So all of those things come into play. And yet you chose to go into what is arguably one of the most competitive marketplaces in the competitive, um, uh, economies you can, I mean, if you're going to go into the beverage industry, which is essentially what you're in, uh, that's a very tough sell. So how does the arc start from where you get like this concept to actually being able to try it for the first time? You know, uh, one of the guys that, that helped me start the company would have called it a happy mistake. So I had an uncle that was renting a building to a water company. Right. And what said water company wasn't doing very well. And my uncle's a chemist. So he started playing with some flavors and this was all gallon water. It turns out you can't ship a gallon of water very far no. and remain profitable. You know, right. A couple hundred miles because you can only get, I think, 4,000 gallons in a truck in a 53-foot box. So, you know, we were kicking around ways to try to keep his renter there. And we were playing with flavors. And this is back in 2011, 2012. Um, energy drinks were just starting to get big. Right? Like so, big, big. Yeah, like big, big. Re you know, Red Bull went from there in the bar scene to there in every scene. Right. You know, Monster was just coming online. And I said, hey, you know, we maybe we could sell gallons of energy drink for more money, right? Instead of selling it for 90 cents, and maybe it's worth two bucks because people right. are paying $6 for Red Bull. So we started formulating an energy drink and, you know, pretty much got to a point where we thought this could see the market. And the owner of said water company said, I, I don't want a damn thing to do with that, right? Like, I sell water at grocery stores. So, you know, we were kicking around, well, you know, we think this is pretty good. What do we do with it? And I was having a hot dog one day, you know, at the local shell station. Right. And I saw that, you know, I'm putting the ketchup on. And being familiar with the manufacturing process, I thought, you know, when we make a gallon of water, all we're doing is we're dosing, you know, about, about an ounce worth of this flavoring that we made in the water. It's the chemistry that makes, you know, an energy drink an energy drink. What if we put it in this little packet, then we could ship it everywhere. Um, fast forward a couple years later, and a lot of my friends and family were in Iraq and Afghanistan, and they started popping positive on tests over overseas because they were drinking energy drinks that had God knows what in them. Okay. And <clears throat> so you're talking about like pissing hot, basically. Yeah. 
so that was shown there was like if you're getting so to put it in a, a, a context that somebody might understand like we hear about like ufc fighters or boxers or other athletes there's something in their urine that, that shows up that's not supposed to be there for one reason or another yeah i mean any, any anybody with drug testing uh, you know and depending on where you are in the world energy drinks mean a whole different thing to you know to that place right you right. go over to asia and there's opio opioids in the drinks that you buy at the store really? um, yeah yeah there's <laughs> holy shit there's some there's some serious Nicotine. shit out there <laughs> so anyway we had this machine and we were just screwing around and we started making this and sending it to friends and family overseas and it was you know it, it wound up lightweight because we were trying to solve a shipping issue right and then it wound up with all the folks in the military who loved it because it was lightweight, right? They could yeah. throw it in their kit and it's, you know, it's two year shelf stable. It, we've tested it down to minus 40 and up to about 150. It doesn't break down. So it was real easy to throw it in your go bag and, you know, or your purse, the car, the saddlebags on the bike and just let it sit there. Right. Um, and we did that for several years. And then in 2015, I was meeting with um, some guys. I had a robotics company and we were, working on some robotics for the special forces community and uh, ran into some guys that thought that we could take this into the military. Right. So we, we started up a company on one January of 16 and, you know, I think on the sixth or seventh, we sold our first product and it was, was like, huh, you know, I, let's make some more space in the robotics company and figure out how to sell energy drink. And then I've got a sister-in-law that was uh, high up in a food, in a, a large big box retailer and she specializes in food it's a food scientist and she looked at me and she's like there is no way on this earth or any other that you could launch a beverage company and be successful at it i'm like you know what fuck you i can figure out how to do this how hard can it be yeah i mean Um, if you if you look if you look at the somehow some of the other happy accidents have started going back 100 and go back 150 years 130 years where you talk about like uh the guy who made verner's ginger ale like, you know, I don't know if you know that story or not, but he basically he was wanting to make something. Um, he got called away to the Civil War. When he came back from the Civil War, he opened this barrel that he had put this concoction in, and it was Werner's ginger ale. Huh. I mean, sorry, didn't mean oh. it's sidebar, but I mean, well, I'm no, talking about like a happy accident and how shit can happen, and that's really how stuff can happen. Yeah. Being from Michigan, I'm sure you're a Verner's guy. Oh, yeah, I am. Verner's, <laughs> yeah, Fago. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Ludington. Okay, yeah. So um, we, my family had property in Wellston until about 10 years ago. Okay. Yep. So I know that, know that side of the area less than I know the other side of the area, but I know it a little bit. So. Yeah, beautiful place to be about three months from now beautiful place to be from yeah i always tell people michigan's a great place to be from but you could be from michigan no matter where you're at yep <laughs> so she tells you you can't do it and you're like no nah, i'm fucking doing it and here we go and so you go you're 10 years in now right i mean from development yeah and you're you're uh, seven years in from from launch yep right so what happens for the first first four years i mean is it kind of just like a goof is it a cottage thing are you not really sure what to do with it are you sharing it with your friends and your family but not really going anywhere with it what what was the what was the impetus to go like okay we either need to stop doing this or we need to really do this well from you know when it was developed until when we turned a company on there was there was one stop and start to build an energy drink company so in 2000 
2013-14 time frame, we put together a company called Double Tap Energy. Okay. And, you know, went through all the process, got the graphics done, ordered the equipment, started to put the product out on the shelves, and I got a uh, cease and desist letter from the Double Cola Company. Um, the, most of your listeners won't know what Double Cola is. I was familiar with the signs from like a Cracker Barrel, but it was the it was one of the three largest soda companies in the United States in the early 30s. Okay, so like RC, Crown Cola, yeah. Double Cola. Yeah. Coke and Pepsi. So somebody owns the intellectual property rights to yeah. it, and they're trying to leverage that. Yeah, it's I think in the U.S. it's headquartered in Kentucky or, or Tennessee, owned by a, a group in London, I think. And, you know, then we got a lawsuit in the mail. I'm like, what the hell is this? And, we, you know, we had, we had hundreds of dollars into doing graphics and kind of laying things up, and... I was really busy with the robotics company that I was running at the time. And we just kind of put it on the shelf and I kept the stuff around and, you know, because it, it, it makes a great cocktail. Right. You can mix it in, in your yogurt. You can throw it in iced tea. You know, it's so we kept it around and it was, you know, it was something that we created. So it was kind of fun to bring it out and show your friends or sure, bring yeah. to a party or something <clears throat> like that. But, you know, when, when we thought there'd be a market for it and decided to start it, I mean, from the day we said, let's do this, it was all in. Like we overnighted equipment from China to, to put together the first stick pack machine that we built. Um, and we, that's, I think the only thing at the company that was ever purchased from China. And it was ultimately thrown in a dumpster and hauled away. Just um, garbage. Oh, it's, it's, it was trash. Now it was cheap, right? I, I think our first packeting machine was $2,600. I paid like 3000 in shipping to get it here quickly. Um, the lesson and, there is just buy one for ten grand from the states. No, they they start at seven hundred thousand dollars. Oh, okay, well there you go. Right, so it was a uh, we wanted to buy a real piece of equipment, but that's a hell of a leap of faith to say this is great. I think people will buy it. Right. So you know, right now we are waiting for our second piece of equipment um, so that we can start launching additional flavors and we've got some additional brands put together um our current equipment the long pole and the tents the film mm -hmm. right so you print plates and lead times and from you know if i said okay we want to launch strawberry kiwi flavor right it's twenty five thousand to get the first run of film made and it takes about 18 weeks oh wow to run on our current machine uh i'm going up to alabama next week to to test to do final testing on a new machine for us that'll drive that down to three days. What does it yield though? Like you're saying this $25,000 investment. So you're talking about, you're basically private labeling your own product at that point. You know, you have this machine that's super expensive, the film development and all that stuff to make, you're talking about making these packets, correct? Yeah. So the, the packets, the, the film for the packets on our current machine has to be pre-printed, right? So right. They, they print it in, in the manufacturing process of the film. Right. So the print plates are 25 grand. That's not the film, right? And then the, sure. your film minimum is probably, you know, two or three million impressions. So two or three million sticks worth of film. And, you know, it's, it, that part's not expensive. It's a, it's a penny, a penny an impression, but that's still 30 grand. So you're, I was just going to say, you're, it's still, you're still, now you're, now you're 55 you know, in. You're 55,000 in before you send somebody the first one of the flavor packets that might suck. And they call you up and they're like, man, this, this stuff is shitty. This um, you know, it's, 
one of the things that I, I've always been happy with is people come up to us and they're like, you know, this stuff is really good. Because right? yeah. a lot of energy drinks taste like energy drinks. It's grape-flavored energy drink. It's orange-flavored energy drink, right? And right. Then you've obviously got your Red Bull Monster, Rockstar Bang, energy drink flavor, right? That, uh, yeah, the Bang stuff. It, the, everything's, it seems to me like um, there's only like one or two energy drinks that I can even have because the, the rest of them, I feel like they're just so much, I don't know if it's sugar or glucose or something but i feel like the instant i'm done drinking it i feel like shit and the taste is like really weird and i don't want to say which ones or what i mean but the, yeah because I mean, there's so many now but everybody's building you know everybody's building something to a taste and an audience that that they chose to build to sure. right we built for the military so when we looked at it we said what's the bare minimum we can put in this to get the you know the the soldiers what they're looking for which was some caffeine some taurine and you know some b vitamins i mean those are your kind of your your big three things that make an energy okay. drink an energy drink so you know we put in the same amount of caffeine as red bull and monster for a 16 ounce we okay. put in the same amount of taurine right like don't don't screw with perfection that's that's what the market wants that's what we did um with b vitamins we kept it at 100 percent of your daily Right? Sure. You could crank it up as far as you want. Bees water soluble. You'll just piss through what you don't use. But we thought, you know, it's we're building this for people that are limited for what they can carry, right? They're going to have limited access in, in some instances to water. I was just going to say right? they're so, going to have limited ability to even get clean, soluble, you know, potable drinking water. Yeah, you know, so let's let's keep this as simple as it can be. Right. And you know, I think there's only six ingredients in Strike Force. There's caffeine, taurine. B vitamins, I guess there are three of those. Uh, Sucralose is the sweetener, malic acid, citric acid, and sodium benzoate. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the whole recipe. Right. Um, whereas, you know, you pull up a can of Red know, Bull this, or that, something. or the other, and, and there's a ton of stuff in it. And and some of that stuff, you know, it, it has different effects and different uses. We went for clean, portable, easy, and it tastes good, and it doesn't have to be carbonated. Right, so go drink a flat Red Bull Monster Rockstar Bang. It's it's unpleasant, right? <laughs> flat Coke is unpleasant. Yeah, oh yeah let's right? be like, honest. I love Coca Cola. I do too. Love the stuff, especially with some Captain in it. Yeah. But if it's well, flat, Crown, I'm a Crown guy. Yeah. <laughs> if it's flat, I'm not a player. Right. You know, so that was also an interesting thing was designing something that tastes good even though it wasn't carbonated. Now, if you put it in carbonated water, like if you've got a soda stream at home or you buy a LaCroix or whatever it is, it, it's good that way too. But I do the soda stream. That's what this is here. This is, I don't have, I, don't, I didn't carbonate it this time, but I do that quite a bit. Yeah. My wife's a, a huge soda stream nut. Right. So, you know, and, and like I said, everybody builds what they're going to build for a reason. And we built ours for the reason that we did. And, you know, as when we first started out, it was, a, you know, it was a real hardcore focus on let's get, let's get into the military. Let's, you know, get get people what we think they need right and it went over real well i mean we grew we grew fast enough to make the ink list on our third year Uh, can you explain what that is so the ink uh the the ink 5000 list are the 5000 fastest growing companies in the united states over a three-year period oh wow so it's not just military companies no just companies in in general general. and we i think we were 523 or something so in our first three years we were you know one of the let's say top 600 fastest growing companies in the United States. Gotcha. 
Um, you know, so our, our customers have been incredibly loyal and, uh, you know, we're starting to branch out and get into things that, you know, you got to market to multiple, multiple places. I grew up motorcycling. I love motorcycles. You know, I, I got my first motorcycle just before I turned three years old. Right. And I've been riding and racing since then. So, you know, with... You definitely grew up somewhere where there's some fucking killer riding. Yeah. Especially if you have a dirt bike up in, up in Ludington. It's yep. only partially straight and flat here. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, growing up, there's a, an off-road park up there called the Silver Lake Sand Dunes. Oh, yeah. And my grandfather's well. best friend owned that. Oh, really? Yeah, his father had homesteaded it back in the 30s nice because it was just empty sand yep so you know growing up it was you know dune buggies dirt bikes um you know i started riding street bike you'll have to talk to keith back there because keith broke his neck uh at silver lake racing he used to race a uh a 500 uh five cr 500 i think or i think it's a cr 500 on uh on nitrous oxide with a the swing arm the whole deal he can tell you all about it. i think it was that but he was yeah he's seven foot tall like just about he's just under seven foot tall so can you if you can imagine that flying down the sand dunes yeah that's a, incredible those were a nasty bike back in the day they're still a nasty bike they're they used to call them widow makers yep. um so you made the ink five the the ink list right you're the top 600 um when you when you've been in business as long because you were in robotics, I, I, I imagine you you have a military background. No, yes, I don't. Okay, I don't. I'm one of the very one of the few people at Strikeforce that was not was not in the military. Right, but so but what was so so then how did you how did that connection happen where you decided like it's obviously it was a cognizant decision to go after that market and it is a market. I mean, if you you know being fair. Um, I think, you know, aside from the military industrial complex, if you look at like the cottage industries that have, you know, the tactical companies, the the shoe companies, the the clothing companies, everybody is very centric in this country. I don't think people realize, like, if they took things away, what that if they took the gun thing away from us, all the other industries that would that would suffer from that. Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's. The military industrial complex is a huge thing, like you said, and there's always a lot of money there, but you know, we got into it more for the people that were there. It's like I said, when, you know, when we first started just playing with it in the garage, essentially, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, there was a need from my friends and family for something like we'd created. So we sent it there and, you know, we looked at trying to get into the military earlier, but there was nobody else on a team with me that said, okay, let's go take this and, and do something with it. So, you know, when I was working with the, the robotic stuff and I, I met a couple of guys that were, uh, you know, former Navy SEALs mm-hmm. that, that co-founded the company with me. They are no longer with the company. They've, uh, they wanted to go more along the lines of the supplements and, and things like that. So okay. they've got a... So they founded Strike Force with you? Yep. Okay, and now they moved on to supplements, which is another which is another <coughs> huge, huge avenue that people people go into these days. I mean, it's 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 big. Nutrition yeah. is nutrition is an important thing. And this kind of falls with the with the vitamins and stuff and you know, you, you just kinda put it out there, all the ingredients in there. It kind of falls along those same lines. Everything, you know, it's like a purposeful thing. It's like putting hot um 
putting octane boost in your fuel. Yep. You know what I mean? It's really, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. It's, you know, like, like I said, everybody's created something for a purpose. Right. And you know, when, when we created ours, we did it for a reason, you know, as everybody brings out new product, they're, they're obviously, they're trying to solve a need that at least they see in their head. Right. Um, right. So that's how we got into the military. Cause it was, you know, I met up with some guys that said, Hey, we, you know, one, we'd love to use this. We've got some other people that we think would really like to use this and you know, let's, let's go after it. And it also gave us a really good vehicle to give back to the military first responder community. Sure. So, you know, uh, roughly 10 to 15% annually is donated back to somebody in those spaces throughout the year. Um, you know, we mostly work with smaller charities, mm-hmm. um, right? Because then you get to see what, you know, what you're doing and where it's going. Um, we do a lot of product, uh, you know, product donations as well. You know, every time there's a hurricane, big natural disasters, things like that, there's, you know, we're, we're sending product all over, all over the country. Um, we do sell, we do sell in other countries as well, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we really focus those efforts of, you know, on the charity side here in the States. Right. And, you know, Kyle can speak to that. He's been working with the Hero Games Charities Group for, what, a couple of years now. Yeah, I think we're going on, this is our third year. So, like, two and some change, something around that. Um, they're a, uh, a semi-local group that every year finds a Gold Star family. Uh, for a fallen service member, tell us what a gold star. I, I know what it is, but for the for the okay. reader or listeners, so at home. a gold star family is essentially somebody that has lost a loved one in combat. Okay. So every year they pick a special operations gold star family, take them up to the mountains in Virginia, up in Bedford, and we do a really cool. They put them up in an Airbnb, take them hiking, kayaking, just general show them a very good time up there sure and then on the saturday of that weekend they do it's very similar it's based off of military selection events but it's all people that volunteer to come out and essentially honor the fallen service member so it's kind of like a workout slash spartan race type thing um but it's all dedicated to that service member the community i mean we get people from a good bit of places like a lot of them are local bedford uh personnel and stuff like that people and then we get people from bragg and you know tennessee and kind of just we've get gotten some from virginia and whatnot so it's a pretty it's a pretty cool charity on a lot of the smaller ones you get to see directly where your money's going and impacting so it's nothing against some of the larger ones, but like watching it go from, hey, we raised this money, it got passed to this person, and now it's helping this family is pretty, it's pretty cool to watch. So you started uh, Jan 1 of 26, that's when this, when Strike Force became a, a real, like a legit entity, and you you were driven and, and had some some specific goals, obviously financial goals and uh, other, other goals of, of bringing the product to market where does where do you find kyle at how do you get in, in uh introduced to kyle kyle called me out of the blue looking for a job okay and uh said you know we're not really hiring right now we're you know at that time we were 
three or four full-time in Florida, one person full-time in Virginia Beach. And, uh, you know, we we were just getting our feet under ourselves. I, that was mid-16, I think. Yeah, it, it, was, was, it was early. I said, but if you ever want to come down here and, you know, check it out and say hi and, and meet the team, feel free. Right. And f- two or three days later, he was there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm like, that's great to meet you. You know, it, keep in touch, and if if something could come together, we'll you know, we'd love to have you on the team. And six weeks later, he showed up again, and you know, we had started, uh, you know, started to branch out into some retail. And I thought, well, hell, I need to hire somebody if this guy's willing to drive down from a from. You were in Atlanta or Alabama or something. I was in, uh, so that time I was in South Georgia, so like around the Valdosta area. But I have family in Tampa. So the way that I found them originally was another another podcast that they had advertised on. And then I went to try it out because I primarily have like a reconnaissance, like infantry reconnaissance background. Sure. So we were like literally packing cans of monster and red bull and whatever else into our rucksacks along with all the radios and everything so i thought oh i'll try it it was like 10 bucks at the time i was like oh i'll order some try it out and it tasted good and was pretty pretty way lighter than monster carrying a can (laughs) of monster right yeah yeah it was definitely a better solution to what we were we were doing so i started passing it out to the guys on my team like i would order order some, pass it out to the guys on the team. And then I saw that they were down in the Tampa area. And I think it was the the movie launch party at like the Brass Monkey or something like that in Ebor. And I was like, oh, wait, why are they down in Ebor? And then found out that it was, it was a Florida-based company and pretty much just harassed him until he gave me a job. <laughs> he harangued you. Yep. So, so Kyle, Kyle, obviously, being a motorcyclist didn't hurt because you grew up on motorcycles. Um, so this is a really good fit in the motorcycle community. You guys, you know, there's a lot of military people that ride. There's a lot of military personnel, certainly in Tampa, because we have McDill close by. So it's it's kind of funny how everything kind of converges to where pieces and parts just kind of fall fall into place, right? Yeah. So you guys are you guys are doing a lot of retail stuff. Now you know Strike Force, you can buy it online and Strike Force is in some stores and some things like that. But you guys are very active, um, certainly, you know, in seeing you up we see you in Daytona, we're seeing you at more and more places. How do how when you're building a brand, how do you decide who your clientele is gonna be? That's that's a damn good question. <coughs> you know, there's there's the clientele that you go out after because you think there's money there, mm-hmm. and then there's the clientele that you stumble into because they're like you, mm-hmm. right? So, and we've we've tried both ways, and I can tell you that the the first way doesn't work very well, right? Because if you can't if you can't connect with people, it's it's never going to work. You're never going to sell, right? Sure. So, like, we we had Kyle talked about a podcast. We had a you know we we'd sponsored a podcast that was just getting going. It ended up becoming a really really big podcast. It's called Drinking Bros. Okay. Um, and it was started by you know four military friends that enjoyed the podcasting space. They partnered up with another guy that understood the production side of of the world. Um. And 
the the podcast is still on. You know, it's uh, I don't know. They've probably got a million, two million followers at this point. Wow, that's um, that's massive. You know, it's it's a huge podcast, and they've spun other podcasts off it. They've spun products out of it. Um, you know, the Black Rifle Coffee people were very involved in it from from the beginning. Right. Um, so it was Matt Bass, Jared Taylor, Vincent Vargas, and uh, Evan Evan Hafer. And that was, you know, the, that was the original Drinking Bros podcast. And they talked about the product. They all used the product. And, you know, they sold, they sold a shitload of product. And we paid them a lot of money for it. And, but we've, we've also sponsored podcasts where it's like, this podcast is brought to you by Strike Force Energy, blah, blah, blah. And nothing. Not a thing. Right. So selling to people is, is the same way, right? If, if, if I were to go in and try to sell, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, but like, let's see. My mom does flower arranging. She loves okay, arranging right. flowers, right? But I hate gardening. Yeah. I hate flowers. I hate grass. I live in a <laughs> condo because I don't want to do that shit. Right. Right. So I would have very little success coming up with a good way to market to somebody who predominantly wanted to work outside in a garden and arrange flowers. Yeah, you just don't, I, don't think like they do, right? No, I give it to my mom and say, Mom, how do we sell this to those people? And then she could go do that. But, you know, when you first get started, and as you continue to go, it's like, well, what do I like to do? And how do I, how do I go connect with the people that I understand? And, you know, as I'm getting it, you know, the energy drink space is weird for me, or for, I'd imagine for anybody, because, you know, it's, it's like an 18 to you know, 60-year-old range of people, right? Because energy right. drinks have been around long enough now that you know, I know a lot of 60-year-old people that drink energy drinks. You know, what am I? I think I'm 44 now. I couldn't tell you what 18-year-old kids think is cool. No. Right? Like, I can't I can't. I don't even know any. To them. I don't even know any. I don't either. And, and I have people, I can't even, like, I, I, I saw somebody talking the other day about, like, there, uh, there's a comedian named J, Big J Okerson. He was talking about his friend is 40 and uh, hooked up with a chick that was 18. And he's like, he can't even imagine like the conversation. Like yeah, when I talk, I, my daughters are 28 and 24. And so when I'm trying to talk to them, like I can talk, I can communicate with them because I've communicated with them their, their whole lives. But I meet people that come in here sometimes and I'm just like, God, it just seems like it's a, it's a completely different, human being i mean they they do not <coughs> communicate on the same level at all yeah. so i know exactly what you're talking about and, and what i was trying to get to was i wanted to see if we arrived at the same place where like we all know that red bull and we'll use that as an example um we know their tagline we know what their commercials look like i you know i can in my head you know it's like this weird kind of sketchy drawn thing and red bull gives you wings right but when you have this new, you have a brand new product, a brand new way of delivering the product, and you guys are doing a brand new way of, you guys are actually marketing from the ground up instead of the top down, Yeah. right? So that's what I was kind of trying to get at, is like, we're in this space where you have these old brands, like you mentioned earlier, you like Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coca-Cola is so popular that sometimes people go, you want a Coke? Yeah, what kind do you want? Right. You know what I mean? Well, I'll have a Sprite or I'll have a Seven Up or I'll have a Pepsi or whatever. You know, and there's places in the country where Pepsi is more popular, right? So that's what that's what they call it, right? So in your, you and I are from Michigan, so we call it what? Pop. It's yeah. just pop, you know. So it it's just kind of funny how 
you you have this new thing and and so the cool part is is you get to market it you are allowed to and it's expected you get to market it by meeting people and going places and it's it's kind of cool and that's that's kind of where i was was taking it because you guys are you guys are now involved and uh i think you guys are going to be doing something you're involved with the v-twin visionary right and so yep. that tour kind of jeff is a good example of this he has the same business mindset i think that you do right um he's kind of like uh you were like what do we do with this like you saw the ketchup packet and i instantly thought well i'll do this well jeff is like he's kind of a moving it's harder to hit a moving target and so his v-twin visionary tour is like this consortium of cottage brands like he sure would he like to get a giant check from coca-cola to red bull sure but he would rather take strike force on the tour with him, right? Because if you go to his booth, right, he's got all them. He's got one for hard drive and Scorpion helmets. And there's brands that have cycled out of his tour that have gotten big. Brands like electric lighting that, you know, are are growing very fast, right? So that's the idea is that this grassroots thing where it, I think it's a very good fit. Strike Force is, is, is kind of falling right into that. And it just shows like, like you said, you don't know what an 18 year old wants. But you know what a forty-four-year-old wants, yeah, right? You know, and you 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 get this demographic information afterwards once your product goes out. You're like, oh, I didn't. I was marketing to a thirty-year-old, and I should have been marketing to a fifty-year-old because a fifty-year-old likes this. And I'm sure there's flavors that that do better than other flavors, right? I mean, it's kind of the way it goes because everybody gets everybody gets a choice. And the, yeah. the demographics are, you know, so on our website, it's twenty-four to forty-five predominantly male right 70 percent. sure on amazon it's 24 to 54 predominantly female yeah it's really 100 percent yeah. flopped um and i the, the 24 part i get right so strike force is a liquid mix right sure it's, it's energy in an instant you add it to something and it's sugar-free and it's zero calorie and it's you know B vitamins, all that you know. It's it's all all the all the, you know, it's all the the catchphrases right now. I was right? going to say it's, you it's have all the gluten free yeah, exactly. and it's, you know blah 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 blah. But young kids, and and I still wish I was one, right? I but know, it's right? You, you walk in the bar and what are you going to drink, right? You're gonna you're gonna drink you're gonna drink a Red Bull something or right. a Monster something, right? Because they're running. The, the race leagues and the, you know, the extreme sure. sports. Hell yes, right? It's that, and I, I hope to someday have multi-billions of dollars so that we can do a similar thing, right? But they're going to drink what's hip and hot and, and, and out and going with it. Um, whereas, you know, once you really get busy, being able to keep something with you all the time is... You know, it's 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 easier. Our stuff is is a little bit cheaper, right? Because you can add it to your own water, and I think a lot more, a lot more women have been using the instant mix things like the crystal lights and mios, mios and, yeah, yeah. and things like that for you know quite a long time. It, and you brought it up earlier, right? Not only are we we're we're coming into a really competitive space with a product that requires education. Right, you have to put you you have to dump this liquid into that thing, <laughs> and people open it up and everybody's used to a powder. Right, right. So, 
I'll be at a, you know, I'll be at an event and I'm talking to people and I'm like, it's a liquid. You can put it in a carbonated drink because you don't have to stir it or shake it. You could put it in your yogurt. You can put it in your beer. It makes it makes a killer martini. And inevitably they open it up and they squeeze it and the liquid goes all over their hands and, the, and like you watch the light bulb go off. They're like, oh shit, it's a liquid. I'm like, yes, we've talked about that for a half an hour. Like you've watched me pour these, but you know, so on Amazon, I'm, you know, we fall into somebody gets on there and they search instant energy drink right. or energy drink powder. Well, we pay for those keywords and we pop sure, up absolutely. and, you know, so it's, it, if you look at our Instagram and our Facebook and our, you know, we don't have a TikTok. Um, yeah. Well, we, well, we have one. We, we just, just don't we, have we anything on to, there. We choose to not put anything on it. Um, <laughs> right. That like. You can see where our marketing created a demographic because it's a company full of dudes, right? right? So we marketed to what we understood, and that's who buys on strikeforce.com. Which you know? is a callback to what you were saying yeah. earlier about, like, you know, you know what you're yeah. looking for, well, and you're kind of... We, we know how to market to us. Sure. Right, but if you... In the, in the broader market on Amazon, just because there's people searching for things, and we have lots of ads, it's, it's a 100%, it's 180 degrees from our own website. So, you know, I pester every everybody that I, you know, like my wife and her friends and their friends. It's like, well, how do we market to you? Right. Right. Like, tell tell me how to do this. Give me give me um, the give me the secret sauce. You know. So the when I went over and met with the V Twin Visionary guys in Daytona, for example, and we hung out there for what an hour hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and what I saw was. One, a really neat setup with a whole bunch of people that appeared to be having a lot of fun. And an interaction with the customer that was there that was genuine. Right? So an hour and a half after that, I looked at Kyle. I'm like, yep, we're doing this. You know? If I can speak on that. Um, so Jeff and I are super tight. Like we're very good friends. We're, we're very close friends. Um, but aside from that, how I came to know him was professionally, right? I, he was he was the editor in chief for Hot Bike Magazine for a long time, and <clears throat> I had gotten a job with Hot Bike in two thousand. I want to say twelve, and I was at that show that I was telling you about that used to be in Cincinnati, and Eric Ellis was the was the editor in chief, and I took like an article to him and pictures and you know because i wanted to write for his magazine i had written for another magazine i wanted to write for hot bike and he hired me well fast forward a couple weeks later i go to submit my first thing well he wasn't there anymore he had gotten fired and and jeff was put in place well jeff didn't know me so that article never got published i still have the article and never went anywhere <laughs> well in 2016 <coughs> i meet jeff in sturgis he see, I see him earlier in the day at the FXR show. And it was funny, I was, you know, I was, my buddy and I had built an FXR. Uh, he had built it, but I, I had gone to his house and finished it up with him for like a week and a half before Surges. And we're there and we're both super excited about this bike. I mean, it was, it, it was a labor of love between two friends that lived far away from each other. Like I supplied all the parts and we shipped them to Texas and we converged and put this bike together. And it was really cool. And it kind of, it didn't break the internet, but it was, it was, very well, you know, we, we pumped it up on the internet. And so we ended up winning the FXR show. And while we were at the FXR show before we won it, um, Jeff G was like walking around looking at all the bikes by himself. And he was looking at our bike and I snap a picture at him. Well, right when I go to snap the picture, he goes like this. And so I have this picture of Jeff, like looking at me like this <laughs> fool, who's this fool taking a picture of me, right? Well, later on that night, 
we win the show and all that stuff and i didn't see jeff and then we went to a thing later that night and and jeff uh is friends with a mutual friend of mine and so we started we, we just became friends at that point from that point on but and then hot bike went out you know went under and and all that stuff and so when he started the v twin visionary we were already good friends i was like dude this is the coolest thing ever and and it's funny people didn't get what he was doing so I think people not getting what you do right off the bat, where they're getting it on their hands and that, there was a lot of that that happened with Jeff. And I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who owns a couple of companies. And he was like, I had asked him about Jeff and he was like, he's like, what do you, you know, I don't, he was really dismissive of what Jeff was doing because he was so used to traditional marketing, right? You know, you buy a full page ad in the magazine and the magazine comes out every month and you make that, you strike that check and you don't get any data back from that though. You know what I mean? Like you just told me, yeah, on Amazon, it's 25 to, to this and it's women and on this, it's that. And you know that, right? Yeah. Well, in a magazine, trust me, I was the editor in chief for that magazine and you don't get, that's people's bitch. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if it works or not. You know, you got to do it, and you just kind of. It's kind of this. You know, you just kind of roll the dice, and you don't even get to see what comes up. You got to trust somebody. Going, no, oh, no, you lost again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you crapped out, and you're like, well, I, can I see the dice? No. And so um, they were like, and I'm like, well, where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to put your product? Where your product is going to be at a motorcycle event in front of motorcycle people, being parroted and being not pushed, but being introduced to them in a nice passive manner in a group of other like-minded things. So I, I just went, you know, it's just kind of a testament to people that are outliers. Like I think Strike Force, this concept is an outlying concept. Yeah. And Jeff doing the V-Twin Visionary is an outlying concept. And he's the archetype for all of the new motorcycle marketing. Even the guy who has hot bike now is really kind of, parroting what Jeff does. And there's lots of places out there that do that. You know, I catch myself sometimes doing a product demonstration and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of doing it like Jeff G does. And Jeff G is Jeff G, you know, you got to let him do it kind of in his own way because I mean, he's, he proves time and time again, even when people dismiss him. And I've seen people come and do stuff with him and then not do stuff with him. And then he always, he always wins because he's who he is. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, you have to be true to yourself. I think you said that earlier, like you have to, this is what we do, right? We're not doing something else. You don't have strike force candy bars and strike force. You, you might find a way for that to, to make sense in the future, but you're not just slathering your name on 10 different things. You control the product. You manufacture the product, do you not? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we bring in raw, raw material and we, and we ship finished product. That's awesome. I mean, anytime you hear about that and you're, you're one of the fastest growing companies in the country. You're military centric. You know, you're providing a, a good product too that works and does what it says it's supposed to do and it's healthy and all those things. That's 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 what we need more and more and more of uh, all the time in this country is you, we need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So let's, talk, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about motorcycles. Perfect. So, um, you're, you're kind of coming at things from a motorcycle side, point of view, it seems like and your robotics company didn't do that. So does this give you, does, does the strike force give you that, that opportunity to kind of sit back a little bit and, and, and be engaged in the motorcycle community or is that just something you've always done? No, that's just something I've always done, right? So I got my, my first motorcycle for Christmas right before I turned three. 
um, it was a little Honda ATC 70. Awesome. It happened to be really warm in Michigan that year. I think it was 60 on Christmas Day. So, you know, the motorcycle went in the back of Dad's pickup and over Wait, to Grandma's house. What year Grandpa's is this? House. Uh, 81. Oh, wow. You were really, yeah, Christ, you were really young to have that. Yeah. I had a 200S, which is the big brother to that one. Yep. Well, it went, two, seven, it went ATC 70, 125, and then the 200S was no rear suspension, just giant balloon tires. <laughs> we had a, when, I, you know, when my brother turned three, he got that, and I wound up with a 110. Oh, yeah. And it had the, the two-speed rear transaxle in it. At low and high range, I probably flipped that motorcycle over on myself a hundred times trying to ride wheelies like Dad. Was the 110 the one that had the the bigger tires on it, or was the 110 just like a? It was the bigger one than this. Do you remember the CT70 yeah. that Honda had? I yep. had one of those too as a kid. And so there's the CT70 that had like the the sheet metal frame, and then the 110 was like more of a dirt bike, right? Yeah, it that. was tube tube frame, uh, metal gas tank still back then. Um, and medium-sized tires, so not not the big tires like the you know the the two hundred Honda. I think Yamaha had a two hundred right. at the time, and that was kind of before. That was before three wheelers got crazy fast, right? So the Honda did the two fifty R that was white, blue, and red. Two hundred SX. Do you remember that the one? Two hundred. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> Bet some gnarly wrecks on those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, oh God, we used to crash those things a lot. But, you know, move from that into a dirt bike um, on my, on or around my 12th birthday, my dad bought my mom a GSXR 750. And wink and nod, dad's like, dang. So that motorcycle's in my, in my dining room. Now. Really? Yep. Nice. So I've had, I've had that bike since I was 12. That's awesome. Better part Super of clean. you know, better part of GSX. Thirty years. Thirty-two years. If you're forty-four. Yeah. yeah. It's a 1985. It's got forty-one hundred miles on it. It's all original, minus tires and clutch, and battery. That's awesome. So, I live in a, a high-rise condo where motorcycles are not allowed. So during uh, the last hurricane, when everybody was gone, I shoveled it into the front elevator and took it up into my dining room it's art <laughs> it's it is, art it now. is artwork now <laughs> that is awesome um but no it's you know i'm i'm hoping that people in the motorcycling community like strike force because i'm shoehorning my brand into something that i love to do more than most anything else and hoping that it allows me to do more of it Right? That's so that's where I was hoping we were I going can, with it. That's why I wanted if to open I can the door. get the if I can get the energy drink to pay for some of my personal motorcycling fun, that that would be outstanding. Right. Because um, I'm going to go have personal motorcycling fun. It's just a matter of you know if 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 the company can can hit it off in the space, I get to have more. Right. Um, you know I'm a burning dinosaurs is probably my favorite thing. Right. So it's you know muscle cars and motorcycles and fly. I went to school to fly airplanes um, I was I was going to be a, a corporate jet pilot that was my goal when That's I a was stressful job 20 years old um, you know I was a professional downhill skier when I was in my late teens and early 20s did you go to Cabaret? I did uh, I was an instructor up at Crystal Mountain 
Okay. Um, but our our school had a ski club that went to Caberfay on Tuesdays and Crystal Mountain on Thursdays. So nice. You know, when I was I don't know fourteen or fifteen and started skiing, I was going there. I got kicked out of Caberfay a bunch of times for hopping off the lift. You could you could jump the lift and miss the net and come down about halfway down I seventy five. So you had to turn one eighty in the air, and the parking lot is right at the bottom of, of North oh, Face. Yeah. Right. So you'd you'd hop the lift and then outrun ski patrol down to your car at the end of the day when there was snow on that face because there wasn't always a lot of right. snow there. But yeah, yeah Caberfay was. Uh, I went to Caberfay one time in uh, nineteen eighty six. I think was the year I went to Caberfay on a. My my dad's friend, uh, my dad's best friend from high school. They they reconnected when we moved back from Houston, <clears throat> and he, uh, you know, we were. He asked me to go with his son, who I knew my whole life basically, uh, to go go skiing at Caberfay. And he didn't tell me that we were we weren't staying at Caberfay. We were staying down the road, uh, you know, probably ten minutes from from Caberfay. Yep. In somebody's borrowed in a borrowed uh, mobile home that was, you know, you're from that part of the the state, so you know there was a point in time in the '70s where everybody would put a single wide mobile home on a piece of property in the woods, and then you would have to you wouldn't go there in the winter time, and you'd have to blow all the plumbing out and all that stuff. Yep. So we stayed in somebody's house, mobile home that they had blown the blown the plumbing, so we couldn't couldn't shower. Couldn't use the toilet, nothing. Had to use the bathroom outside, and it's it's just it's like January or February, and so we went there for for a couple of days. It was it was it was something else, but I remember I remember it pretty well. But, Ten degrees, twenty inches of snow, and and you had power. Yes, that was, that was it. it. Yeah. Yep. All the, all the hunting cottages up there. That yeah, that's that. what it kind of kind of was. You know, we're summer cottages, right? Yep. That's what people don't understand. Like you know, Kid Rock wrote that song about Northern Michigan in the summertime, um, but it's it's a real it's it's a real thing. I mean, like the entire state of Michigan, like it was the if you lived in Detroit, it was get a job at the auto company, have a house in Garden City or Westland, and then you have a house somewhere up up north, and that's what they called it. Where are you going? We're going up north. Well, where do you go? We go to Atlanta. We go to we go to Wellston, we go to Ludington, we, you know, all those different places. Yeah. So, yeah, the town I grew up in was, oh, I don't know, five or 600 people was it. And right. It was all year long, but it was, it was on Lake Michigan. It was two and a half hours north of Chicago. Yep. And on, you know, Labor Day weekend or on Memorial Day weekend, we went from 500 to 45,000. Yep. And there was 45,000 people there until, you know, pretty much Labor Day. Everybody come up and close their cottages on Columbus Day. Yep. And you could pop a tent on, in the middle of downtown on Main Street and not pester anybody for for six months. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very odd, uh, very different way of life. Yeah, even from like guys across there in Wisconsin, which is another huge motorcycling state. Uh, it's it's a very different set of rules and set of oh, ways yeah. of doing things. Yeah, I lived uh, in Madison and, for twelve years. Oh, really? Okay, I love Madison. Um, the motorcycling over there is outstanding. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about anybody from Wisconsin or anybody in Wisconsin. It's, it's like it's they seems they've got that that 
almost Canadian thing, you know, where with it with that odd accent, you yep. know, and they're just so they're so nice and they're just so <coughs> glad to see you and how you doing and well, you know, if, if for the last twenty five years you had the Packers to root for, you drank beer, you ate cheese curds, and you made cheese curds, how could you be pissed? Exactly. Right? Like you get up there on Saturday morning during football season, is it's like it's Christmas Eve, Sunday's Christmas Day, every single weekend, right? You get up the bars open at 5:36 in the morning cuz you got you got to prep for that UW Madison game. Yep. You know, so you, and and the game might not start until 8 o'clock tonight. But the bars got specials going at at 5:30. Are you going to go and going to have a bloody mary or uh an old fashioned? Yeah. A, a brandy old fashioned though. The proper. You know, the so and I I believe this to be a factual statement, but the the Corbell company that sells Corbell brandy mm-hmm. has one warehouse for the state of Wisconsin and a smaller warehouse for the, for the other the <laughs> for the other forty seven states in the United States. <laughs> I mean, those people they can drink. Oh and yeah. When I, I moved there when I was twenty five, I'd just gotten married. My wife took a job in, in the Madison area. And you know, I was from northern Michigan. We we could drink. I knew it was up. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. You Not thought a you could fucking drink. clue. <laughs> <laughs> when I finally got to Florida, though, um, seven eight years ago, I was three hundred and twenty five pounds. Really? And uh, you know, you're I, jacked now. I I had enjoyed all of the uh, all of Wisconsin, all all that Wisconsin had to offer. That's and awesome. I'd still live there if it wasn't so damn cold. Yeah, the cold is something that I just absolutely cannot. I I like watching. Uh, I like seeing snow on TV. Yep. And on Facebook, it is beautiful, right? And I, I love calling all my up north friends, and you know, hey guys, yeah, see it's snowing up there again. Yep, I'm going for a ride. It's 82 degrees on Christmas or something like that. Yeah, we got 10 inches of sun, and it's still coming down. <laughs> do you guys? Uh, do you guys offer the Strike Force thing in like a subscription deal? I know a lot of places, or a lot of companies are moving to that subscription based yep. model. Um, that kind of thing. Tell us a little bit about where. So walk us through like where where do you want where do you want people to find Strike Force? Where do you want people to you want from to ask for it everywhere, right? Because I was at somewhere I was several places at Bike Week and I saw Strike Force energy pumps behind the bar. That's a good sign. It yeah. means you guys are you guys are getting into some places where there's already beverages to compete with. And you know I think competition is healthy. I think you know Burger King and McDonald's need each other just like Starbucks and uh, and Dunkin' Donuts. So you know where do you want people to find it? So there's only really two places to buy Strikeforce most places in the world. And that's okay. StrikeforceEnergy.com or on Amazon. Um, we are available in most Shields stores, which is sporting goods chain mm-hmm. kind of across the Midwest and out through the western part of the United States. Um, we've got, we're in a handful of, of tactical stores and gun shops around the country. But back in late 2019 we we pulled back most of our retail we we started out in the c store space right because that made sense to us where you know we're going to go compete with you know red bull and monster and bang and all right. those guys and and we want to be in c stores and uh 7-eleven had reached out to us and said hey you know we, we really like this product we think it makes a lot of sense it doesn't take up any space in our stores so you know we we made an attempt <coughs> to put our product there what we found was that you know, when you run into a convenience store, mm-hmm. one, you know what you're going to buy, 
right? It's not someplace people go shopping. It's, no, it's yeah, you're running to get beer. People go buying tips. at a convenience yeah. store. I got you. Right? And strike force requires an ancillary product. You have to have the water yeah. as well. Right, so by the time somebody bought a water and bought a strike force, well, they should have just gone and bought a monster. Right, it's easier that way. Now, I, I being you know the founder of Strike Force, wants you to buy Strike Force sure. instead. But it was, it was a bit of a pain in the ass for people, and and we didn't, we, as far as Seven Eleven was concerned, we did very very well on their shelves. Mm-hmm. But then you start to run into you know. The inside baseball portion of you need distribution, and you call the dis- you know you call the big distributor, and you're like, yeah, we're in we're in we were in almost every Seven Eleven from Georgia to Boston, okay, and that wasn't enough to get distribution. So I started buying trucks and hiring people, and we've got people on the road, and they're running around and dropping the stuff off. It's like, good lord, um, and then then we started getting into Amazon, and but we weren't in every Seven Eleven, so I couldn't advertise go to Seven Eleven and buy Strike Force. Sure. And then we hopped on Amazon, and then we were just on Amazon. Where, where, where do I buy this? I'm like, well, you can go to our website. They're like, eh. That's a weird thing, isn't it, that people are kind of off-put by that? And we'll, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's if anybody can put up a, a website and sell something, there's a, a, there's a stigma in certain people's minds that if, well, if I'm not buying it from, you know, Walmart a third or a third party of some sort, it must not be legit. And it's, you know, it's funny, a... Yeah, I've been doing this since before anybody knew what it was. And you, you meet up with somebody and they're drinking an energy drink and they're like, hey, you should try this. And they look at it and they're like, where the hell did you get that? I've never seen that before. Oh, I made it at home. <laughs> right now, it's professional packaging and there's all the nutritional labels and all the FDA stuff. And then they look at it like, you're trying to roofing me at the bar? No. <laughs> right. Like, no. it's just a product. We sell a product. So we, we went hard into Amazon and then, you know, the pandemic happened. And right. the world shut down, but we were, we were right where everybody wound up. So we do not currently have a retail presence, and we're not trying. We're not currently trying to establish a retail presence. Um, you know, if if a store want if if Costco wants Strike Force in Costco, Costco will call me. I will not call them. That's a good point. I um, mean, because until we have enough. And, and right now they would have no interest in me because they'd ask they'd ask a hundred of their customers what strike force is and one half of them would say oh it's an energy drink right we don't have we're not big enough to have the through pull like the pull through if if we were there I mean we could we could take over the front of a Costco we could put up you know there's hundreds of thousands of packets and there's everything's going on and people'd walk up and they'd be like what's that right and that now, if we can get them to sample it our buyback rate like our returning customer rates in the high 60 percentile basis because the product good. tastes good yeah, yeah yeah and that was another thing with the v2 and visionary guys it's you know he's like first i asked him do you like it right and if you like it we can work together if you don't like it you can't sell it then i don't want it here no i agree right? with that. And, and he said no this is actually good and yeah it just so know. happened that jeff is like oh it's got zero sugar and he like shows me his wrist and he's got the diabetic tattoo on there so yeah it just kind of it just kind of clicked, and I mean, both of us love motorcycles. This is an easy way. the The biggest thing, especially with the C stores, was the activation. Like, yeah, people actually, have to try the product, right? Yeah. So, getting it out in in places like the V Twin Visionary, it's it's going to allow thousands of people to try the product. Because yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy a beverage I'd never tried before. I mean, 
in, unless there was somebody that was talking about products and they, I'd had many products that they were talking about already and I could tell that we had a similar taste, right? But it's like, it's a hell of a, it's a hell of a thing for me to ask somebody, hey, spend 10 bucks on this. I promise it's good. Yeah, right. No, right? I and, agree with that. And I can roll out the or your money back and I'm happy to do that. And people are like, yeah, that's bullshit. They'd never send me my money back. Well, I tell you what, we send you your money back. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so I think that someday after enough people have tried it, then it, it's, I'd love to be in all those retailers, but for right now, it's it's just get people to try the product. So there's a product that you're, I know Kyle's probably pretty familiar with it. I don't know if you are or not, but Danny Dixon from Dixon Flannel. Yep. So yep. we have all, if you've paid attention over the last eight years, you've we've all, or seven years, we've had the pleasure of watching him turn into a millionaire. And and when I say pleasure, it it really has been a pleasure. It's been fun because early on he showed you everything he fucked up, and then after he fixed it, he showed you how he fixed it. And then once he's got, and now I mean, it's such a such a huge brand that it is such the archetype for grassroots working. You know, he basically started buying flannels that were unlabeled and labeling himself. And then he found out what he liked and didn't like and did the R and D. And and now, I mean, he almost can't lose. And even if he comes out with something that doesn't, that doesn't resonate, he's got a community of people that have closets full of Dixon flannels and they buy every, not everyone, but they buy, you know, as soon as they buy one, that's brand associative. Like you just said, like, you know, like I'll give you an example, like, I wouldn't try, I probably wouldn't try a new soda. But when Coke came out with Coke vanilla, I'm like, well, I like vanilla, I like Coke. I'll try vanilla Coke, right? Yeah. I remember, <coughs> I can tell you the first time, I can't tell you when it was, I can give you the summer it was, but I can tell you the first time I ever had a cherry Coke and where I was at when I had a cherry Coke and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. <laughs> yep. I was at a movie theater in Houston, in Conroe, Texas, in the Woodlands, um, we were at the movie theater. My buddy Christian and I went to go see, I don't, I can't tell you what movie. If I thought hard and long enough, I could think of it, but we went there and I remember the cup, it was a plastic cup and it was, it was a soft plastic cup, like those, like a Dixie cup kind of thing. And they offered it and it was like a, it was just like you were going to pump strike force into a drink. And they poured a Coke and put this cherry syrup in it. And I was like, that, I remember the ice and the tech. I remember all that, right? So like that kind of thing, when that happens, you know, you try something new and it works. And now you can go to like, if you go to Five Guys, you can pick, you know, you can have lemon Coke with a little bit of vanilla, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I get what you're saying as far as like the branding, but I appreciate watching, you know, you guys spend like danny dixon has never had to advertise he just now has commercials have you seen have you been following him i He's just saw recently that the they duffel actually, bag one yeah the duffel bag and then he had one for a, a different kind of hoodie or something it, it was two different things but he had like it used to be like here's somebody who works that fills the orders at dixon flannel wearing the new flannel you know and now it, it's just i think we can do it doing it the way you're doing it you know you're spending money with jeff and you're spending, you know, the places that you spend money, you can see where that money's going. You know that money is going directly in that fuel tank, in that truck, that's going to take your product 
to all of the, t- the tour stops that he goes on, yep. right? That's, I mean, it's grassroots marketing at its finest. And you don't have to put an ad in, in a magazine, not know, I don't know if anybody's looking at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like our relationship on the, with the Garage Belt podcast with 1620 Clothing. I saw, it sounds weird, but I saw um, Carrie Hart, the motocross racer. Yeah. He had a nice pair of chinos on. I was like, those are really, those are nice fucking pants and they look cool and i saw the little tags at 1620 so i like looked it up and i was like okay they're expensive pants so i bought a pair and i started posting on social media and i started sending them you know like i really like these and so now we have a relationship with the podcast where they sponsor the podcast i have thousands of dollars of of you know 16 when they make something new they usually send me one to say hey what do you think of this what do you think of that and then we we have a discount code that sells on the product and he's like dude your the followers that we have on our podcast spend so much money with them to where them giving me clothing you know it, it's just it's a it's it's a good thing where they're not spending money where they don't know where it's coming from right like they know that somebody from the garage built podcast is buying clothing from them and I, every event i go to i have somebody come up to me and like hey man thanks for turning me on to that stuff and you know they they have this that and you know it's it's cool the way it works i like that kind of marketing because you know it's just like with vapor honing technologies that's a that's a great company and you know it, it's this cohabitative um relationship that that works and so you don't have to throw your money at something and you know what if you just did the motorcycle industry and the military industry i think you'd be great you know what i mean i, I think you'd be good like you said you know it's it, the people that like your product use your product they're going to tell somebody about it yeah you know what i mean so that's cool so you can get so you do have a subscription-based service just yeah. like a lot of supplement companies have in that so you you know and it's not an expensive product either no for no, 10 it's... bucks you're getting enough you're getting a lot you know? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, I think it's dollar twenty nine uh, per packet, right? Each packet makes sixteen to twenty ounces worth of energy drink. Right. Um, if you subscribe, you get twenty percent off. So you know that makes it about a buck, right? Yeah, ninety nine cents. And it travels well. You can put it. I put them in my uh, in my handlebar bag. Yep. You know what I mean? Handlebar bag. I mean. Even if you don't have any bags on there, you can throw them into a pocket or yeah, something it, it'll like fit that. inside. You know. So, well, Bruce, you have a new Buell. We didn't even get to talk about that. The next time you come over, I've got to, you have to ride the Buell over. I want to see that thing. Is it rad or what? It is. It is. It's, it's an awesome motorcycle. And I, I, full transparency, I have not yet ridden it. Really? So we were over at, you know, we, Kyle and I went over to Bike Week. And I've, like I said, I've been a sport bike guy my entire life. And almost almost exclusively Suzuki sport bikes. I've had a couple R1s and R6s and RC51. Um, but the you know the real early Buells, I thought, well that's a neat idea, but I don't want a hyped up Sportster motor, right? Right? And they finally built a Buell that I thought, well that that I would buy. And then the company was gone. Yeah. And the timing of that was bad because that was an amazing motorcycle. Yeah. So here, you know, fast forward to three weeks ago, we're walking through um, Destination Daytona, and there's a Buell tent. I'm like, what the hell is that? So we walked over, and there's, you know, the 1190 in all carbon fiber bodywork, and I'm a carbon fiber junkie. Right? It's like, oh, fuck, yeah. yeah you, you build that in carbon, send, send me three of those. Right. 
And so we started talking to them, and the people were really cool. And turns out they're from where I went to college. They're they're headquartered now in Grand Rapids, Michigan. No shit. Okay. And uh, you know, so we got to talking to them, and they've got that new super cruiser coming out, and I'd already put my you know fifty dollar deposit on that, and I have a my current modern sport bike. I've got a, a Hayabusa, and it's a really really nice motorcycle, but it's it's not a hardcore sport bike. It's, you know, it's more touring. It's, it's fast. Um, but I saw that Buell and I thought, Ooh, Oh, that's cool. That's American made. That's a sport bike. It's coming from, you know, my hometown. Essentially, I have to have one of those. And, uh, I called my wife and I'm like, honey, I, I, I found something that I'm, I'm probably coming home with. She said, as long as that goes home (laughs) or or leaves home when you get here. So, so I, I, I got rid of, you know, I got rid of a bike that I've I've had several of to, to pick this up, and I'm really looking forward to riding it. The, the challenge was we bought it there, and th- they were nice enough to bring it to my home and drop it off, but they didn't have the MSO with it. You know, the, all the paperwork was, was still up in Grand Rapids. Gotcha. So I don't have a title for it yet. Um, I think that's getting overnighted today or tomorrow because I, I called up their their COO who I'd spoken with at quite some length and said, hey, you know, I, I love this thing. It's pretty, but I can't title it yet, so I can't ride it yet. Now, not to say that I wouldn't ride it, but you know, we're coming across the state and I thought, you know, I probably shouldn't kick over there on something that you know, isn't even registered. Yet. Yeah, I would. I would definitely say that it was probably erring on the side of caution yeah. at that point. You know, it's like it goes, especially now that we're not kids. Yeah, like the stakes are just like, you know, it's it's, it's not worth it to to not have what you just spent a lot of money on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Watching them take my brand new motorcycle and lay With it on the no side care, of the yeah, and just like, drag it up. Yeah, we're really sorry. So I've got a, I've got an older Suzuki TL thousand R, which was a you know, the one of the first V-twin sport bikes. Sure. Um, that and the RC51 came out at the same time. And it's it's going to be interesting to compare the power delivery. Obviously, the Buell makes a lot more power than that bike. I think that bike makes 125, 130. It's heavy, but it, it's got a really neat sound. Um, and that that's why I've kept it. I, I just like the way it sounds. But I'm, I'm looking forward to riding the thing. There's, you know, all the tech in it's really neat. Um, once you get it, once you get it titled, you should bring it over and we should put it on the dyno. Yeah, I'll That'd bring it fun. over here. Well, I've got a, I've got Wouldn't an exhaust the, coming from, I think it's coming from Sweden. It wouldn't be a, the first time that we threw something on the dyno with low miles and then got yelled at on the internet for it. That's so. true. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we did it with a, we're going to break it. Wing. We'll just break it in. You know, we won't, we won't go real hard. Oh no, you're going to, we're going to ride it like we're, like we're going to ride it. So I, I bought a, uh, Cadillac did a CTSV Blackwing uh, here a while back, and I I was fortunate enough to get one of the first 250. And the day after I got it, I ran it over to a buddy's shop with a YouTube channel and let him throw it on the dyno. And it it made like 630 wheel. And the amount of shit that I got across the internet for beating on this (coughs) brand new car that wasn't broken in yet, blah, 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 like... You know, there's there's a couple schools of thought about that. I've built a lot of motors and had a lot of cars there's in my the, life. There's and, two schools of thought. You you break it in for how you're going to use it. And then there's the, I bought it, so I'll do what I want with it. Yeah. You know, and 
I mean, I had 125 miles on the car, and you know, we did three dyno pulls with it. It's not like we went out and spent you know the whole day, three yeah, hours beating the shit out of on it. the racetrack, beating the hell out of it. Well, you had to find out how what it was going to make before you did anything to it. I'm, I'm a Cadillac guy. I love Cadillacs. So. It was that was probably hands down the interior of that vehicle was gorgeous. All the carbon fiber and the seats and it's, everything. Right. I've had a lot of cars. I, I grew up in the car business. So my great my great grandfather started a car dealership in the thirties. Okay. Um and you know grandpa was in the car business, dad's a mechanic. You know, I started wrenching when I could hold one. Because right. dad's like, This is what you're gonna do. Um it's one of the nicest American cars I've ever driven. I love I mean, Cadillacs. We was... just sold our Cadillac and, and got a German car. <coughs> I miss the cat. I love Cadillacs. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that Buell though, I the same way that I saw him spark because he's super critical on on motorcycles, cars. Like he'll go through every little detail, and I watched him walk up to the Buell and kind of take a look at it. And then next thing I know, he was sitting on it. And then he was like, oh, my gosh, this thing's really light. And then we, we left or whatever and uh, did the event the next day. And we went back over there, and he's like, you know, I think, I think I'm going to buy that thing. That thing's really cool. <laughs> so it was – and I went over there to see the Super Cruiser. We also went over to meet uh, Carrie. Oh, yeah, Carrie Rapp. Because Carrie was yeah. running everything under the, the tent. So, yeah, it uh, – it ended up working out well. So you guys are going to be at TMMR? Yep. yep. Cool. Awesome. Well, Bruce, Kyle, thank you for coming over and doing the podcast with me today. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you on Instagram and, and, and all the social media pieces. It is Strike Force Energy on Instagram, and then we have Strike Force Garage, which is a smaller page that's more motorcycle and car focused. Um, we'll be at all the V-Twin Visionary stops with Jeff. And then also we're sponsoring the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival, so we'll be up there. We'll Which a, I will be at as well. So we'll have a pretty cool uh, competition. Yeah, you guys are sponsoring the bikes. hill, the hill climb. Or, are well, you guys involved in the hill climb too, right? Aren't yeah. You? So we're doing the hill climb, and then we came up with a, a side fun project where you're going to get for five dollars you get. Well, two. let's look. We, oh. let, let, because we we haven't we haven't finalized okay. it yet, but we've we've got an idea that, that's <laughs> going to wind up with some motorcycles that we're that we're going to give away. Oh we're yeah, I heard with, about working this. with yeah, Jeff yeah. and some other stuff. So the the motorcycles were acquired yesterday. Nice. Um, so now we'll we'll finalize down on that, and hopefully we'll have a couple of bikes that people can win up there. Awesome. Well, thanks guys very much for for coming out and go check them out online, Strike Force Energy, and uh, we'll see you at TMMR. Sounds good. Yep.